All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got Broncos legend and member of the Broncos Ring of Honor, Mr. Carl Mecklenburg. Carl, how's everything going for you? Going well, thanks, Zach. Absolutely. So season's finally a wrap. What was your thoughts on the season as a whole, and what was your takeaway from last night's Super Bowl? Well, um, it's a tough season for my Denver Broncos. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stuff went wrong. and that I mean, that happens. Um, then the, uh, the Super Bowl was interesting. The Super Bowl... Uh, I've seen that before. The, when John Elway played his last game, uh, he wasn't nearly the great quarterback that he had been earlier on in his career, but uh, he had a great team around him, and he, had, he was a great leader, and, and that helped. Um, same thing with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's last game was a Super Bowl game, and uh, he was uh, a shadow of him for his former self athletically, uh, but, but he was the great leader and the guy who got everybody else in the right position to win the game. Uh, I think you saw the same thing out of Brady. I mean, Brady didn't win that game. Uh, you know, their defense played great. Uh, Brady didn't make any mistakes. He got people in the right position, got, made the right adjustments, uh, you know, uh, depending on whether they were blitzing or weren't blitzing or what was happening, and, and they won the game. But uh, it was not, uh, you know, the, it cracks me up when I see they, they always have the quarterback as the MVP of the game. I mean, Brady was just one of the guys out there. I mean, he could have given it to – three, four, five. I mean, Brock probably would have been a good choice. Uh, uh, Shaq Bear would have been a good choice. I mean, they, they, there were some great uh, individual efforts in that game, and, and, and Brady was one of them. <laughs> at, at what point in the game did you know it was over? Uh, right at, after halftime when, uh, when Tampa marched right down and scored again. I think that was it. I, when I watch those games, I, I, I hope that uh, – the, when there's a blowout, that the blowout is worse than the blowouts that I lost in. So I can move down, move down the line in, in, those, uh, in those games. Do, do you think a lot of former defensive guys like the outcome of last night's game? Because all the talk of recent years has been, oh, you got to have the quarterback. And now maybe it's turning to, well, you can have a great defense and still win Super Bowls. Sure. Uh, you got to have both. Um, to, to make the playoffs, you can make the playoffs with a great, great quarterback. Um, it's, it's tough to make the playoffs without a decent quarterback. It really is. So, um, but, but to win the, win the championship more often than not, it's, it's a defensive showing. I, I, you know, Kansas city didn't have either of their starting tackles and, and that made a huge difference. And it's just, you, you brought up the Broncos season didn't obviously didn't go as planned. Um, what were your thoughts up to your takeaways on the season? Um, well, they lost Vaughn Miller right at the start. Um, Vaughn uh, was, has really been the heart and soul of that team for a while. Um, and, I, and I think that hurt more than anything. Um, and then, you know, the, just a lot of up and down and back and forth and, and uh, no, uh, no uh, continuity, I guess. Um, they, didn't, they don't have an identity offensively. You don't know if they're a running team or a passing team or what they're doing. Defensively, they you know they, they've been strong, but they you know they lost uh, three of their four front four guys uh, early on in the season, and, and they, they didn't come back. So I mean, you do that, and it's, it's tough. Is Drew Locke the guy going forward? Have you, have you seen enough, or do you need to see more? Oh, you got to see more from Drew. Drew's uh, 
statistics and rankings and stuff are in the, you know, the bottom five guys in the NFL, that's not good enough to win championships. And that's what uh, the Denver Broncos have, have been all about for a long time. So uh, unless he turns a corner and, and that can happen, but unless he turns a corner, uh, they'll, they'll find a, find another guy. And, and obviously the new uh, GM has already been, you know, in the hunt for uh, the guys that are available at this point. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Drew, he, he's, he's a leader. Um, I, I think he's still making the adjustment and the adjustment from college football to pro football is a, a lot bigger jump than it used to be. College football, uh, you know, everything's uh, shotgun, everything's, uh, you know, uh, option type uh, run pass option stuff that, that they don't, I mean, very few teams do in the NFL. Uh, you got to be able to line up under the center. You got to be able to make adjustments. You can't, you know, what look to the sidelines and see the coach hold up a sign to say, okay, wait a second, I got to change something. But that's what happens in the, uh, that's what happens in college ball. So it's uh, it's just a, it's a big jump and, and he hasn't made it yet. It had, they named UGM. What would be your first order of business and free agency in the draft? Wow. Um, my first move uh, would be to continue with some consistency on the team and try to re-sign, um, you know, the guys that are that are free agents and guys that are you know, the, the the biggest challenge I think that the Broncos have faced is is just a lack of consistency. Uh, and and people say, well, you know, if if you don't have a good couple seasons, you got to fire the coach and hire another coach. And to me, to me, it's like. It, a chicken and an egg, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, if you, if you have some consistency, then uh, everybody understands what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to act. And, and you can develop some, some winning um, culture. And, and it's, that's really, really difficult to do um, with so many new guys, so many new coaches, so many changes over and over and over. That's, uh, that's the hallmark. That's what you see when you see a losing team. Is that what makes them a losing team or is that what losing teams do? I don't know, but you've got, you, you, you got, I think you got to have some stability before you're going to have, uh, you're going to have success. And I got one last current question for you. So I know, I know you're still waiting on the call from Canton, but over the weekend we found out that two former Broncos, John Lynch and Peyton Manning are both getting in next year. How, how happy were you to, for, for them to find out that they're finally going to be immortalized in uh, Canton, Ohio? Yeah, I'm excited for them. That's a, that's a big deal. And, and they're both guys that, you know, their last few years they spent with, with the Broncos are probably not going to be identified as Broncos in the Hall of Fame. But, but the people in, uh, in Denver really have felt slighted for a long time. There, there really aren't, haven't been a representation of the great teams of the past with, uh, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but Steve Atwater and uh, – you know, because they didn't have the ceremony this year. So Steve will be there. And Steve spent uh, almost his entire career here in Denver. Um, and then, like, like I said, uh, or like you said, uh, you got Peyton and, and you've got John Lynch. And, and both are guys that uh, spent enough time in Denver that they really identify with them. So that's exciting. So if somebody were to look you up and it says College Minnesota, it's not that simple. Can you explain how you got there? Yeah, I was I was uh, six feet tall and two hundred pounds when I graduated from high school. I grew three inches and forty pounds my first year of college. I was at a Division two school, Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
on a one-third scholarship uh, with the understanding if I play well, they give me a full scholarship, right? So I got there. I grew three inches and 40 pounds. I got good. My second year there, I led the team in sacks. I played every down on defense. I expected that the coach was going to call me in and sit me down and say, Carl, we love what you're doing for us. you, you got to be a full scholarship player for us. Uh, he sat me down and said, Carl, we know your dad's a doctor. He can afford this school. We're going to take away your scholarship <laughs> and use it to bring someone else in. Uh, so, so I left and I walked on at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I, I, I uh, went to transfer between four-year schools. You got to sit out for a year. So I was a live blocking dummy for a year, you know, imitating a guy from Michigan State or Wisconsin or whoever were playing that week. Um, but I did that well enough that they gave me a full scholarship at the end of that run. Uh, and, uh, and that year, uh, or the following year, I, I ended up tied with, uh, uh, I, I ended up tied for the league in sacks in the, in the Big Ten. Um, I, uh, and I only played half the downs. I was alternating with senior. Um, but yeah, Andre Tippett and, and I tied for first sacks in the Big Ten. Uh, my senior year, we were so bad, nobody had to pass against us. So I, I didn't get to rush the passer. So uh uh, you know, I, I, I was a 12th round draft pick, uh, 310th pick, uh, 20 guys away from Mr. Irrelevant, um, and ended up, uh, you know, in a 12 year career, uh, lots of, lots of fun. Uh, and, and, and I, I think the struggles and the, and, and the challenges and the things I went through in football really prepared me for the pros. Cause you get, you get to the pros and you're not the best guy on the field. I don't care who you, you know I mean, there, there's so many guys that have always been the best guy on their team. And, you know, they come in and, you know, the top draft pick and all that, and they get to the, the pros and somebody just mops the floor with them and they don't know what to do. Uh, I, for me, it was like, Oh, here we go again. <laughs> I was ready for it. So it was, uh, it, you know, it, it was a tough thing, but it was a good thing for me. Along. Awesome. So I have a question for Minnesota. What have you been your thoughts on PJ Fleck through his four seasons? been awesome uh the, the fact that uh that they're you know back on the map uh historically university of minnesota has had some great teams um, but it's been a long time um we uh you know going to going to bowl games and beating up auburn on tv a couple of years ago i mean that was amazing that they just pulled them and and uh you know last year they had a tough year but they had so many problems with covid they had, they had, one of the challenges in playing at the university of minnesota is when you you don't have the depth some of the bigger programs have. They, they've got some great frontline players. You saw uh, uh, Winfield playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Great, great player uh, at the University of Minnesota too. Um, but uh, but behind those front guys, you get get somebody injured, something's out for COVID, and then all of a sudden you're not you're not, uh, you're not matching up. Uh, we had that same issue my senior year at uh, at Minnesota. We won our first four games. Um, but we were playing in the Metrodome. The Metrodome had just been built and the, the turf was terrible. And we had so many guys injured. We, you know, we lost our last eight. <laughs> right. So so it was, uh, yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what they ran into this year. We didn't have the depth to, to over, overcome the, the COVID stuff. And they had that really good receiver, Bateman. Yeah, yeah, great, great player. And, and you know, and, and he's playing with a pretty average quarterback and still been able to do some amazing things. Who, who does he remind you of that maybe you played with or against in the NFL? You know, um, probably if I had to pick somebody, I would say Rod Smith. 
Interesting. Uh, yeah, Rod Smith is a guy that's not. Uh, you look at him, and you know, you time him, and you, he, you know, he was a. I don't even know that he was drafted. He was a free agent, um, but he's a really great route runner and great hands, and and you know, does big, did big things when he got got the ball. Actually, my last year with the Broncos, Rod was on the practice squad. So, I, have a, I have a question. Did you think you were going to get drafted? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta um, had told me that if I was still available in the middle rounds, they were going to draft me. But unfortunately, the first two picks they had that year were defensive linemen. And that's what I was at the time. So, and, and, and I didn't know because there's no ESPN. There's no way to follow the draft. I, you're just sitting at home by your landline waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> so second day of the draft, midnight, and the phone rings. I'm asleep. Uh, it's Jenny Ann, the uh, Broncos secretary, calling to tell me they had drafted me. wasn't even a coach. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Did, did, did you have a feeling you were going to be a day two pick, or were you, you just sitting by the phone for two straight days? Uh, no, I was thinking it was going to be a, a day two pick. Um, but, I mean, you, you don't know. Uh, my, my agent had told me that to be ready, whether it was the later rounds or free agency afterwards, the phone was going to ring eventually that night. Uh, I was, I was hoping to go in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, something like that. But you know, what's, what's the difference? I got a shot. Uh, fortunately, Dan Reeves uh, didn't really care what, what round you were drafted in. He, he, he was a late round draft pick himself, not, not a guy that was uh, expected to be a star and he played for a long time in the league. So he was always looking for guys like me. Awesome. So, you're, so you're a 12th round pick, obviously like trying to make the team. How long into your career until you stopped looking over your shoulder? You know, um, I knew I belonged pretty quick. Um, my, I was, I was really screwing up the, the offenses, uh, drills and stuff during training camp. <laughs> they finally had to pull me out. Just get him out of there. <laughs> <That's not hard. laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, my first preseason game, um, I had torn a ligament in my elbow, uh, during, during practice and they moved me from Miller's guard out to defensive end. Um, and this was the week before the first preseason game. So they played me in the third quarter at defensive end. I got my arm and a hook and, you know, I ended up getting two sacks and forcing a fumble. And for some reason I was playing against Seattle starter that game, uh, a guy named Ron Essink. I guess he was under punishment of some sort because he was still playing in the third, in the, in the third quarter. Uh, but, but I got two sacks and forced a fumble. Elway was offensive player of the game. I was defensive player of the game. I, I made the team. And, I have a question. Oh, cool. I have a question. Were there any vets early in your career that really helped you kind of come into your own? Yeah, there really were. Um, it was a strange situation, Zach. The, uh, the Broncos at that time were owned by a guy named Edgar Kaiser. Edgar Kaiser uh, is a financier out of Canada. It was basically an investment. He wouldn't have known me if I was walking down the street. He, he, you know, this is just, I bought this team. Now I'm turning it over and he, he wanted to turn it over and resell it, make, make a profit. So he had... Uh, we had 13 rookies make it that year. They, they, so over a quarter of our team had no experience whatsoever. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because we were great players. It was because he wanted to lower the, the, uh, you know, the pay scale so he could sell the team. Um, so, uh, so it was a strange deal. But interestingly enough, we had some holdovers from that 77 um, Orange Crush team that 
the, the guys that were there, uh, Tom Jackson, Randy Gratishar, um, you know, Bob Swenson, some guys that were just, uh, you know, princes, unbelievable, not only taught us how to be ballplayers, but taught us how to be men. And that, that to me was, was so cool. Uh, and, and, and I tried to do the same thing with young guys coming in, but, uh, but yeah, there was, there, there was a bunch of guys that kind of had, had had success and understood what success looked like. And even though we obviously weren't going to have a lot of success that rookie year, they knew they had to get us up to speed uh, so we could have success later. Who was the first quarterback you ever sacked in a game? Uh, first quarterback I ever sacked. Uh, it was the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. First game. Uh, I got a, I got a, uh, a Bradshaw. Now it was, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, the guy that looked like uh, Tom Selleck. Um, he's a broadcaster now. I can't think. Oh, um, I have no idea. I, oh, oh, I know you talk. Not, not, this is going to be completely wrong. Not Dave Wanestead. No. No. All right. That was, that was because I, I thought the mustache. Was, I, 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 yeah. All right. no, but anyway, uh, yeah, I had a lot of sense. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what was the only sack in my career that was a lookout sack when I, I ran by the tackle so fast, he turned around and yelled, look out. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, try, I'll try and find the clip and put it on there. Um, who was the most difficult quarterback for you to sack in your whole career? Wow. Um, there, there was a number of guys that uh, really got rid of the ball quickly. Um, guys like Dan Marino. Dan Fouts, um, it just got rid of the ball so quick. You could you could blow right by your guy and and still not sack him. Although Marino was my favorite guy to sack because you, you hit him and even if you didn't sack him, he'd cuss and yell and scream at the offensive lineman. You just beat so <laughs> that made it double the fun. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the uh, the scrambling guys, um, you know, the actually Steve Young used to scramble a lot when he first was. Even Montana used to run around like crazy before when he was young. But but anybody who scrambled a bunch, then then you have to keep in your in your pass rush lanes, and it just makes it more difficult to get to him. And I and I have a I have a, a, have a story that they said they're pretty sure it happened about you, and I want to see if you can uh, make it val see if it's valid. They said that one time they were getting this uh, person that their parents were getting their car registrations renewed in the '80s, and some guy tried to cut the line, and you stopped them. <laughs> no i don't know yeah. i don't cut the line uh, <laughs> no you you, you prevented I, I, the guy from cutting the line yeah right no i yeah, I, yeah no that's quite possible <laughs> yeah. I, I i just don't think that's right i don't care who you are uh, interesting and i have a question do you think they should redesign the uniform similar to the design you played with the one you played with with this kind of all orange and blue yeah, you know, I like the old uniforms. Um, obviously, well, I guess the one I, I'm wearing, the newer color, the dark color now. Um, I, you know, I don't care. They go out there and they play, and it, it's uh, every year it's another team. It's a different team. And, and, and even, even if you got some of the same guys, uh, most of the same guys aren't there. All, you know, from, you know, 10, the average career in the NFL is less than three years. Yeah. And they come and they go. So the same with the uniforms. It, it doesn't matter. It's the, it's the, uh, it's it's the city. It's the uh, the stadium. It's the 
you know, the, the guys come and go. Yeah. Um, who's the toughest, toughest tackle for you to get through in your entire career to, to uh, pass rush? Um, you know, the guy, the, the toughest offensive lineman I played against was a guy named John Hanna, Hog Hanna. Played. I interviewed him, previous guest of the show, Hog Hanna. He's unbelievable. Just, they, they used to run these uh, student body sweeps and they'd pull both guards and, and uh, you know, fullback would be in front. And usually as a linebacker, you can kind of hide behind the defense or the, the defensive end and that guard won't find you. But Hannah would always find you and then bad things would happen to you. <laughs> and he was, he was like running into a stump or something. It's just solid. In your opinion, is he the best interior offensive lineman of all time? Uh, you know, I, I can't say that. Uh, the best I played against, I can, I can, in my 12 years. So uh, I played against a bunch of them. And he, he was special. What was your first Pro Bowl like? That was awesome. Uh, to, to get invited to the Pro Bowl, that was actually the first year I played uh, the full season at linebacker. Uh, and, and I made the Pro Bowl that year. It was uh, it was crazy, um, and and to go in and and you know meet guys that I looked up to my whole life and guys that uh, you know I when you when you play the game you fly in on uh, Sunday or on Saturday night you, you know you got a meeting every hour and a half so you can't go do anything you you know you eat a meal you get up in the morning you go to the stadium. Uh, on a bus and you, you play the game and you get on the bus and go to the airport and go home. So it's not like baseball or basketball where they, they, they intermix. We, we just never really had a chance. So all of a sudden now the best players from, from, you know, the whole NFL are, are there together for a week with their families. And it's just, it's a cool deal. That's awesome. Um, so I've got one more question from a, of a fan. They said, were there any quarterbacks that you wanted to sack, but in your career, you never got a chance to. Yeah. John Elway. Not even in practice? You never got him once? Oh, you can't touch John, man. <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> so, actually, I did get to sack him in, uh, at the Pro Bowl. Uh, the Pro, uh, Pro Bowl, um, they had this flag football thing going. It was after I re retired, so it was retired guys playing. For some reason, I ended up on Steve Young's team and we were playing against John's team. And I got to sack him a couple times. And I... I Pulled his flag, yes, but I, I roughed him up a little too. <laughs> Finally, I'm not going to get fired if I touch you. <laughs> so, at, what, at what point during your career did you know that, like, all right, I'm glad this guy's on my team? Oh, I, that, right from the start. When, when, when he came in, um, he has so much athletic ability. Now, he wasn't great at the start. Um, very few quarterbacks are. It took him a while to understand that uh, – that it's a mental game as much as a physical NFL. That's why guys like uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning can win Super Bowls. And then John himself at the end of his career, it's not because because it's it's a mental game. Uh, but he was so gifted athletically. And to play alongside an offense with somebody with that kind of just raw talent, we knew as long as we kept it close to the end of the game, we were going to have a good chance to win at the end because, uh, you know, John was calling the plays, not Dan at that point. So we were, uh, it was it was pretty amazing to to play with him. What was the team you 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 looked forward to playing the most? The Raiders. The Raiders were always our big competition. Either we won the won the AFC West or the Raiders won the AFC West. Probably nine of the twelve years I played, in, you know, for the Broncos. Um, and the games were always close. It was, it was knockdown, drag out football. Uh, they didn't care if you knew. I mean, 
wherever Todd Christensen lined up, he couldn't block. So they'd run the other direction and you knew it. And I knew it. Everyone knew it. <laughs> it was just, they don't care. They, they were just going to try and knock you off the ball and all like that knockdown drag out kind of stuff. Were Raiders fans like as outlandish as people say they are? Yeah, um, many of them are. <laughs> many of them. You leave it at that. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, we used to play. I always played in uh, L.A. when I was playing. That they, they weren't in Oakland. Um, it was at the Coliseum, and uh, Pam Reeves, Dan Reeves' wife, got mugged in the parking lot at the stadium. They stole her jewelry and stuff. <laughs> I mean, just just crazy stuff would happen. That's, that's I never, I never knew that. I have a question. What did you get? Um, did you get kind of like used to the the high elevation in Denver early on in your career, or did that kind of take a while? Yeah, no. You you adjust within two weeks. Um, Interesting. The way your body adjusts is it breaks down when it figures out you don't have the right red blood cell count. It starts breaking it down and then it builds it back up. Um, so once you're once you're here for a little while, you're you're fine. You're you're actually better off to to come in day of the game. Than you are to come in a week ahead of time because, like I said, it breaks it breaks down the blood, red blood cells and then builds it back up to the area to the spot it's supposed to be. So, so yeah, we were great. We had a great advantage playing at Mile High. You see those big fat guys sucking out the oxygen over there. Like, yeah, we got them now. We got them now. So, uh, so yeah, it uh, it definitely helped. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let's see. I've got one more. Um, so. What was the kind of like this the the most vivid memory from your career as a Bronco? What was the kind of thing that stands out the most? Wow, um, there were so many big things that that went on while I was playing. Um, just uh, probably the game itself would have been the the drive game uh, to go into Cleveland and win that game. Um, it was as hostile an environment as I'd ever been in. I mean, they they drove around our hotel all night long, honking their horns and barking, trying to keep us away. They lined the, the drive between the hotel we stayed at and the stadium. It was a couple miles, just completely lined with Browns fans, throwing dog bones and cussing and yelling. You know I mean, it was just, it was us against the world. And the locker room sucked. I mean, it was a baseball locker room. You got to hang your suit on a hot pipe. And I mean, it probably wasn't a hot pipe because there was no hot water. I mean, it was, it was, it was just bad. <laughs> and then to go under those circumstances and win the game was almost, Pretty amazing. I, I saw I saw a brief clip of an interview you did in recent months saying that you don't you didn't think if you were playing the NFL you didn't think you'd make it today. Why is that? Well, I'm a football player. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not a height weight forty time guy. I don't look good in shorts. I, I, I I'll tackle you. I'll hit you. But they don't hit each other in practice. They don't they don't they don't do anything live until it gets to game time. I I don't know how. Um, somebody with my skill set proves themselves until they're in a game and, and they're going to play the high round draft picks in the game. They're going to play you. So I, somebody would have to get hurt. Something would have had to happen for me to have it, even have a shot. So, so yeah, I, it, it's, it's unfortunate uh, because the skill set's so different now than it was. Um, it's so, so different now in college than it, than it, than it was when I was playing. When I played in the big 10, it was a lot like the pro football game. It was a lot of, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and, you know, whatever. Now it's uh, everybody's just slinging the ball around. Um, once again, uh, it's not, unless you get the opportunity to prove yourself. There's lots of guys who never get that opportunity. I, I'm, I'm afraid I would have been one of them. 
Do you think there are a lot of guys out there now who haven't gotten that chance? Or do you think because of that, more kind of guys are coming out from out like guys that weren't really highly recruited or kind of breaking onto the scene? Do you think it's the first or the second? I think it's both. I think I think there's a lot of a lot of talent out there. There always has been, but it's it's more than talent. Uh, I found out early on in my career if I took the first step in the right direction before anybody else did, all the angles would change in my favor. Uh, and, and it didn't matter if I was running a four nine forty or a, like the guy the guy playing the uh, Super Bowl this this week was what four four or something crazy, <laughs> but it didn't matter because if I took the first step before he did. I, I've got all the angles. The angles are, are in my, my favor. So, so uh, that, that decisiveness, that understanding what you're supposed to do and, and, and allowing yourself to do it, that's what allowed me to be a good football player. Um, everybody in the NFL has talent. And there's a lot of guys outside of the NFL who have talent too. It's getting the opportunity, taking advantage of it, and, and being decisive. Uh, and, and that to me, that was, that was my game. Do you think um... – and if the NFL should allow teams to have more players come to training camps just to scout more talent? Um, when, when I played, we had 110. We also had two-a-day practices. It was knockdown, drag out, uh, you know, last man standing makes the team kind of deal, a uh, full, full contact all through for five weeks. Uh, it's very different now. Uh, you know, they've got, what, they got like 70 guys, maybe 60, I don't know, something like that. And, there's no contact, very little contact. Um, I don't, you, you see the line play, especially the offensive line play, just much worse than it used to be. And, and, Interesting. and I mean, if, if you're not, you're asked to do something completely different in the game than you're asked to do in practice. I don't, I don't know how you, how you can uh, prepare. Um, so uh, I wish I was pass rushing against some of these guys that are in the league now. They'd be fun. <laughs> Who's the guy in the league today that you, you, you'd love to be opposite, opposite sides from? Wow. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of good pass rushers in the league right now because that's what the league, and that's, that's the game. It's, it's, it's rushing the pass, or it's, it's coverage. Uh, even the linebackers, I mean, I, I, I played linebacker at, at 6'3", 255. And, you know, I was a lineman playing linebacker. You, couldn't, you can't get away with that now because everything's a pass game. Um, I, I – uh, I, I think the uh, the game has always evolved. That, I mean, my grandfather played in the 20s, uh, University of North Dakota, was All-American at University of North Dakota. And, and I made the mistake, I was at, at his house when I was a, a young teenager, and, I, and I, we were watching USC versus Notre Dame. And he didn't like Notre Dame because it was they were UND, University of North Dakota, not University of Notre Dame. Right? So he, he didn't like that. And, and he... Uh, and I made the mistake of saying, Grandpa, these guys are really big. I don't know if you could play nowadays. <laughs> Hell, boy, I played when it was a man's game. Didn't have no face masks, didn't have no pads in my pants. Had to play both ways. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, it's all right. But, uh, it, yeah, the game just evolves and changes, and, and that's, that's all right, uh, you know. And, and the fact that I, I, I doubt I would have made it a, a roster now, that, that's not unusual. Who's a defensive guy in the league today that if he's on TV, you're watching him, regardless of you just kind of stop what you're doing. Yeah, I want to see him play. Yeah. Um, I, I love watching Vaughn, truthfully. Uh, I wish he would have played this year. Uh, he was, he was in shape. He was ready. He was, you could tell, I mean, he was, he was, he was going to get after it this year. It just didn't happen for him. Um, 
I, I, I had the opportunity to coach at the training camp his rookie year. And I was, I was helping out with the pass rushers. And uh, I went, first day I'm watching the pass rushers. I'm like, I don't have to talk to him. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk to these other guys. I'm not gonna mess him up. <laughs> he was so fast coming around the corner. It's so, I, it just, just crazy. I like, the laws of physics shouldn't allow somebody to do that. Uh, he's just crazy that way. And then, that's uh, so why I worked with the other guys, but just to, to see his career go the way it went. And, and uh, you know, he had some problems at first off field and stuff. And, and uh, to get to Marcus Ware in there and kind of straighten him out and get things going the way they, I mean, he, he's had a, he's had a tremendous career in, in Denver and hopefully he'll, uh, they'll, they'll resign him and he'll stay here. Um, cause, cause I just love to watch him play. Speaking of where he's eligible to be first ballot next year, do you think do you think he deserves it? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I mean, you know, he, playing and and playing in Dallas that won't hurt him. You know, all that time in Dallas. They put Romo on the ballot. Romo went to four Pro Bowls. That's it. What the hell? <laughs> Get the hell out of here! Four Pro Bowls and one playoff win. Come on. So yeah, that's being a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, so I just got one uh, one last question for you. How cool is it to get uh, inducted into the team's Ring of Honor? That was nice. It really was. Um, the nice thing about it too is I went in the same year Dennis Smith did. And Dennis and I played together. He was he was in charge of the secondary. I was in charge of the front seven. And, and to 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 go in with with my good friend and, and uh, just uh, you know, cohort and uh, mayhem was was pretty fun. I have a question. Since since you retired and were inducted into the Ring of Honor, when you go to games, do you have to show an ID or they just know who you are and they're like, oh, he's good? No, no, I got I got to have a ticket. <laughs> they almost they don't know. Really? Me. You say that that's my ticket right there, and you point. <laughs> yeah, no, it. Uh, time goes by. I mean, it's been twenty five years since I played for twenty six. Um, so you know, it's a it's a whole new generation and and. Uh, most of the people who know me now uh, know me from uh, from uh, the what was it called the uh, Tecmo Bowl. The tech, I'm a I'm a superstar at Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> which I, I saw you're on Matt a recent Madden I saw online. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 uh, the games uh, keep us around. <laughs> that's unbelievable and I and I just before I let you go I know you do a lot of um speaking and people can find you on your website can you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been a professional speaker for longer than I was a professional football player. I'm doing a lot of virtual presentations at this point, but I talk about teamwork, courage, dedication, desire, honesty, forgiveness, goal setting, kind of universal keys to success and apply it to your industry, uh, industry's challenges and your organization's uh, successes and, and, and challenges and uh, love it. Uh, the thing I miss most from football is the adrenaline and I get the adrenaline when I get up in front of people to speak. So uh, you can go to my website, carlmecklenburg.com. There's uh, feedback there from past clients. There's video there. Uh, my contact information's there. I'd love to hear from people.